Everybody said that. God is good. I know they were, Michelle's been saying that a lot, but God is good. And how many know God's got a word for his people today? All right, you're his people. He's got a God. God's called an anointed vessel to share a word, and that is me today, right? But it's up to you to come expecting, right? Because I really believe, without a doubt, you're going to receive what you come expecting to receive. See, if you didn't get prayed up and didn't get ready and didn't, you know, you just showed up and just, oh, God wants to give me something, God will give me something. No, you expect by faith for God to speak to you because that's why he gives me the messages that he gives us. Listen, I want to encourage you in something. If you've got your Bible, I want you to hold it up. I want to make a confession really quick. We don't do this often, but you'll notice we're going in a little different direction with scriptures. We're no longer putting those on the screen. Uh, because I was, having a, uh, I was having a prayer with God, and, and we were talking, and I was talking, we were talking about, you know, I talk to God. I mean, you know, it's good to have a pastor that talks to God. But uh, I was talking about the, 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 the unnecessary decisions and choices that a lot of people were making. And God just, he was very bluntly told me, he said, my churches are not teaching my people to read my word. And I, it really it hit me. And I got to thinking, well, you know what? Church has changed. Church has changed because people, churches took a natural side to making people comfortable to come to church and decided we'll make it a little easier on them and we'll make it where they don't have to bring a Bible. And so we'll just put it all up there and thank God for that technology. And we did the same thing, did it for a long time. But the problem with that is that when you need to know a promise from God... You need to know how to look up a promise from God. You need to know how to hold this scripture. Hold this. You need to know how to read it. So you, it doesn't take long to get out of the habit of reading a Bible when you get used to seeing it always right there. You know, come on, I, I didn't get saved until I was 25. I played that game going to church. I know it. When you go in and you pretend like you're reading your Bible all week and you're studying your word and you really picked it up maybe the last time you went to church, right? But listen, the more you hold it, the more you read it, the more you study it, the more it becomes a part of you. And the more it becomes a part of you, the more that you can be confident and bold in who you are in Christ. So we're going to make a simple confession. Hold your Bible up. Just repeat after me. This is my Bible. I have what it says I have. This is my Bible. I am who it says I am. This is my Bible. I give it first place in every area of my life. Come on, guys. We need to learn to respond in every area from the Word of God. Hey, right? Amen? Glory to God. So we're no longer going to put the Scriptures up there. Listen, I'll still read them to you. And listen, I'm not, if you, it's okay if you've got your phone or all that. You know, I'm, I'm old school. I really believe that you benefit more by having a written Bible, right? You really do. You're, not, you're less likely to get distracted. But the main thing is, is just knowing that you have the Word of God, right? Now listen. I'm not going to go into everything that's going on. I don't have to tell you. You guys watch the news. We've got a lot going on right now in this world. A lot of things right here in our community. Uh, I mean, this past week, we laid to rest the great legend at Auburn University, Pat Dye, Coach Pat Dye. He had a great influence on the, 
on this community that we're in, you know. And, and you know, he went on to be with Jesus. And, and then, of course, you've still got the COVID situation, and then you've got the, the protest and, and the hor- of the horrible death in and, and, and Minneapolis there. But listen, we've got a lot going on, a lot. And, and a lot of people are still struggling. They're, they're, a, lot of, they're, a lot of people are, don't necessarily know how to view all of this. And basically, you have a lot of people trying to make sense of all of this, right? And listen... I may not have all the answers in the natural because I'm not called to be a politician. I'm not called to, to, uh, to fix the problems in our city or fix the problems in our nation. No, I'm called to be an anointed leader to teach you the Word of God, to teach you ultimately salvation, but to teach you how to walk out the plan that God has for you. That's my calling. So I may not have all, because I've been hit with so many questions this past week about what's happening. Now, there is, this is all spiritual, guys. Let me just go ahead and put that out there. If you, when you see what's happened, you understand prophecies and, and what's taking place. This is spiritual. It's, cre- it's, it's happening to divide, and it's doing a very good job. of cre- divi- It's even dividing the church in a lot of ways, but I'm not going to get into all of that. What I want you to understand is we need to not allow it to create division. Don't give it the place to create division. That doesn't mean that we don't need to have a, a, a peaceful protest to change some things in our nation, right? Those things will happen as long until Jesus takes us back. There's always going to be something that we need to address or change, and you do that in the proper ways. But listen, I don't have the answers in the natural. But the one thing I do have is I have the truth. The one thing that I know that it never changes, the truth, the same, it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come on. And I will always respond from the Word of God because it is the only absolute in this world, Right? It's the only absolute, and think about it, think about it. We need to learn to take that approach with our own lives. I mean, if you really think about, if people would just, would, would just respond to every situation in their life from the Word before they act, think about the situations they wouldn't get involved in, right? Right? Because so many people go down dark paths and dark roads where common sense will tell you if you go to the Word first, you're not going to that direction. You're not going down that road. There would be near the pain and suffering that people have in their lives. And, and guys, I went down the dark paths. I, I understand this firsthand. And I wish so, so badly that at a young age I would have went to God sooner, right? Because I went down some horrible roads that I could never turn back, right? But listen... If you're ever going to get to a place in your life where you're going to walk in the victory, right? Come on, we talk about that all the time. In church, as Christians, we walk in victory, right? If we're going to get to a place where you walk in the victory that comes from being a benefit of being a Christian, come on, that's a benefit of being a Christian. You get to walk in that victory. If you're going to get to that place, then you've got to be rest assured. You've got to be going to the truth of the Word, right? You can't live your life completely based off of opinion. You can't live your life based off of everybody else's opinion. And that seems to be a lot of what's all over social media, okay? Some of it has, has uh, some of it's okay, some of it's you just got to be careful, guys. But listen, whenever you're in doubt, always go to the Word of God. Glory to God. Now that, we talk about walking in victory, and, and I think a lot of people don't really understand what that means. And I asked a gentleman last week, and, and I was like, we were talking a little bit of church stuff, and I think he said he'd been in church about nine years. And 
I said, so what do you think it means when someone says walk in victory? He said, oh man, that means all your bills are paid and you got a lot of money and the grocery, the pantry's full. And let, no, that's not walking in victory. I mean, provision is a benefit of walking in victory. Walking in victory is when you can stand boldly, stand confident. You rest assured that you know who you are based on the truth of the Word. And you can stand when the world's crushing around, falling to pieces around you, you can still smile. You can stand strong. Do you know who I am? Well, it's God. I was created with a purpose. He has a plan for me, and I'm going to walk it out. But don't you see the world's falling around about you? Yeah, but you see, I don't care. The greater is the one that lives in me than the one that lives in the world, and I know he's got this. And I know it. I may have to fight for a little while, but I know in the end he's going to see me through. He's going to walk with me. He'll never leave me or forsake me. See, that's the true walking in victory, that peace that you get to. Glory to God. And I know that I'm surrounded by people that want to walk in that victory, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, so I'm starting a new series this week. And this series, it's, it's very, this is, of course, they're all important, but this one's very significant. And I'm calling this the way to victory. And I don't know how many weeks this is going to be, but I want to encourage you. I'm going to hit the high spots today, and we're going to dive deeper in it as we get into this. But I want you if you miss a week, to get the podcast because this is so very important. Because, you see, the only way this world is going to come into a place of victory in his life, in, in, the, in, this, in this world that we live in, is they've got to make some changes. And they've got to make their changes based off of what they see in us as Christians, right? And, that, and, and we need to be representing God and showing them that path to victory, that path to change, Right? So it's got to start with the church. You know, ultimately, if you think about how horrible the things are that are happening in the earth and in our nation and in our world, you know, it's, you could argue the point that the church missed the mark. Right? I mean, think about it. If the church had have stayed strong to the standard that God set long ago and held that out, walking in love and meeting people and, and not allowing fear and hate to consume us and all of that and reaching people for Christ. We have so many people that don't know anything about Christ. If, if the church missed the mark, had we been doing that, we wouldn't be seeing a lot of the things that we're seeing today. I'm talking about the big C church. I know that we do a great job here. Glory to God. But this, I'm just here to reassure you that if we're going to see victory, and we're going to see victory in our city, we're going to see victory in our state and in our nation, listen, we got the big C church has got to step up its game. We've got to step up its game because there's some people hurt. And the only answer for what's happening in this world is Jesus Christ. You've got to remember that. Listen, you've got to figure out how to get to that place of peace, that place of victory in your life, that place of, uh, of just confident boldness, just knowing everything's okay. And that's what the purpose of this, this message, is, this series is going to be about, all right? And this is so significant, guys. So I can't in- encourage you enough to follow this series, all right? Because it's very, very important. So now, who, how many of you want to know what the magic secret is to victory? Come on, it's okay. You can wake up. I know. <laughs> Raise a hand. Let me know you're there. All right, listen. The secret to victory is love. Woo! Wow, how about that? Let's see. That's right, love. 
Now, somebody out there went, oh, Pastor, I thought you were going to give us some long theological explanation. Oh, my gosh. Listen, if you did think that, no, no, I'm not picking it on you, but you don't understand what the God kind of love is. And that's the purpose. That's the purpose of this series. Because love is the only thing that's going to get you to the victory. Love is the only thing that's going to get our city, our state, our nation, our world back to the right place is love. Love, love, love. Right? And it's very clear. Very clear when you see what all is happening. You see how so many people are divided. So many people are angry. Families, all right, businesses, you know, just people arguing, fussing, debate. Everything's a debate. Argument, arguing, arguing, arguing. It's very clear that people don't really understand what true love is. Amen? I mean, if people really, un- human beings really understand what true love is, or better yet, how to operate in love in every area of their life, if they really understand it, think about how, what a happy place this world would be. It would be a great place. And, and let me tell you this, before, as, as we get into this, you're going to have to choose love. All right? I'm going to remind you that. You're going to have to choose love. Let me tell you, I was coming down Opelika Road up here the other day and just minding my own business, you know. I'm just, I don't know what I was doing. Driving along, the car in front of me, not really any room in front of me, and this gentleman decides he wants in front of me, no turn signal or anything. I mean, he just comes right on in there. And then he immediately taps his brake, so I back off of him. And all this happened really fast. And then he gave, then he waved at me out the back window with one finger. I don't know what that means, but uh, how many of you know there were some emotions rising up? I had to respond, glory to God. I was either going to respond from the flesh, which means I wanted to wring his neck and put a foot somewhere, or I was going to respond from love and respond from a godly aspect of it. Because sometimes you've got to remind yourself, hey, you pastor in the city, you better watch it, you know? <laughs> All right, listen, I chose love in that situation. Don't y'all look at me like y'all have never done that. You know good and well what I'm talking about. Come on. Y'all live in this city too. Listen, I'm human. I have emotions. But um, listen, sometimes you got to choose love. And it's not easy. You guys know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you've got to choose it. So we're going to spend the next few weeks, three weeks, maybe four weeks, and we're going to dive into this. And I know, you know, dive is typically Wednesday night. And by the way, I just thank everybody for coming out for Wednesday night. And I dive, we've, we've been having a fantastic group show up for that. Thank you guys for being I invite everybody to come. It's a, it's, it's a great time. But we're going to dive into this because God's Word has so much to say about love, and so, so much to say about the significance of love, all right? And let me be clear about something, right? I'm not talking about the warm, fuzzy feeling of love. I'm not talking about the warm fuzzies you get when you, your beautiful wife walks in the room and you see her and you just want to hold her and smell her shampoo and hold her tight. Mm, I love you, honey, you know. I'm not talking about all of that. That's great. That's natural love, you should have that for your spouse and for your significant other, for your family and all of that. But listen, I'm not talking about that kind of love, all right? Not talking about that. There's even, you know, there's even a lot of people today, I actually had a guy on the job, and he, he, he really didn't know what love was. And he was a young guy, and he'd never been in church, or a broken family, just a hard life. And he really thought love was lust. That sexual desire. Well, she's beautiful. I want that. You know, that's love. He thought that was love. 
And of course, we had a long conversation about that's not what love is. But that's where a lot of people are. They think that's love. They, they don't understand. And then you even get people that even think that they're looking for some kind of self-gratification and they think it's love. That means they, they're going to help you. I'm going to give you something. But in their mind, they're thinking, what do I get out of this? Or they're going to help you. You need $50. I'm going to give you $50. You're going to pay me $75 back. But see, that's not true love. That's not love. You're, you're, you're looking for... See, love doesn't look for self-gratification. Self, see, the love that is going to take you to the next place, that's the God kind of love, right? The God kind of love. That's what you've got to understand, and that's what we're going to break down. See, that's the kind of love that's in us. That's the kind of love that's, that's always looking out, not looking to please us. It's, look, it's, it's always thinking of the other person. Always thinking, what can I do to benefit them? What can I, having compassion for them, regardless of social status, regardless of their bank account, regardless of color. What, just because they're human beings. And how many of you know, God loves people. He's in, the, he's in the business of people. And if God is interested in people, how many of you know, we as Christians should be interested in people. We should naturally have that desire for people to help them, to not want to see them hurting and struggle, to have compassion. That's why we're going to have compassion on the side of this trailer when we get it, right? Listen, that's the love, the God kind of love. See, we got to remember, God did not love us because we had something to offer Him. Glory to God. I didn't know. He loved us because He had something to offer us. Glory to God. We, we lose sight of that. Look with me at John 3.16. John 3.16. Oh, pastor, we know that, that scripture. That's the most popular scripture in the Bible. Gentleman yesterday, been in, I was telling you about, been in church for nine years, didn't know what that scripture was. Didn't, never heard it. He claimed, he couldn't tell me what it was. So that tells me that we need to read it. All right? John 3.16 says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. God, verse 17, God sent His Son into the, into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through Him. Guys, God loved us. The reason He loved us was so He could show us His mercy through Jesus Christ. Think about it. That's what He did. He showed us His mercy through Jesus. Glory to God. Man, that's, that's the God kind of love. We're talking about love. The path that's going to get you to the victory in your life. The path that's going to get you to the confident, boldness, peaceful place in no matter what this world throws at you. Because we're going to dive in it and we're going to break it down. And when this is over, you're going to be able to just walk with a smile on your face. Woo, glory to God. And I mean... And I think the big question we have to ask yourself, I'm not, you know, is just ask yourself, can we do that? Can we love people as God loved people? Now, don't, don't answer that now. Just, just think on that, right? Think on that. Because, I mean, if you think about it, people can be irritating. Hmm? I mean, I'm being real here. People can be hard to love. I can, I'm sure I get on, I know, I'm sure I get on my family's nerves. You know, I can tell when Michelle gives me that look like you've been around here long enough, you need to go to the lake. You need to go somewhere. You need to do something, you know. Seriously, though, 
Come on, we all have family members. You're thinking like, come on, you don't want to admit it, but you're thinking, oh, are they going to be at the family gathering? I don't want to be there. I'm not going. If Brother Jimmy goes, I'm not going to be there. That's not going to happen, you know. But people can be hard to love. See, that's what I talk about. Sometimes you've got to choose love. You've got to choose love. Because it's difficult to love people. The way people act. People think so much more of themselves. People typically think more of themselves than they are. Come on, that's just not human nature. All right? People think they're, more, they're smarter than they are a lot of times. Right? But people are difficult. That's the purpose. I mean, that's the, that, that, that's, that's the point. People are difficult. But the great thing is, is people are difficult, but God's Word gives us the answer to all of that. Look with me at Matthew. Matthew 22. We're talking about love. Matthew 22. Matthew 22. Now, Jesus is here, and he's talking with the religious leaders, all right? And, and they're trying to pin him down and trying to put him in a corner and all this, and they ask him, what is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus says, we'll pick up in verse 37, Jesus replied, this is so important, guys. This is the commandment. He, this is for us. It says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Verse 38, this is the first and greatest commandment. 39, he says, a second is equally important. So this next commandment is as important as loving God with everything that you got. And the next commandment says, he says, love your neighbor as yourself. See, we, we, we lose sight of that. That means you've got to love Brother Jimmy over here, even though he's done all the crazy things that he's done in the world, and you're just thinking, would you please go away? Listen, you've got to love those people. And you've you got to love the people that are, that are engulfed in some type of sin that you would never, never even think of partaking in. See, you've got to hate the sin, but love the person. And walk them out. That help them change their life. That's what we do as a church. That's what we do. Glory to God. But the great thing is, the interesting thing is, you go on and read verse 40, it says the entire law and all the demands of the prophets, I think the King James says the prophecies, says are based on these two commandments. Guys, that's pretty significant. Everything is based on those two. The fact that we are to love God and we are to love our neighbor. What does that tell us? That tells us that Love is a significant part of your life. And listen, we, we, we lose sight of how important it is because we get angry and emotions rise up and things happen and, and we're reacting out of emotions instead of off of what God's Word says. And, and we get angry. I don't like that person because of this, that, or another. And, and, you know, emotions, emotions, emotions. And we're not responding from what we should be responding from. Now we don't want to have anything to do with those people. Now we've put a wall up. Now we're division. We're separate. We're separated. Glory to God. We can't do that. We can't do that. Listen, Scripture is very clear. Love isn't a gray area. It, 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 you can't play games with it. It's not a gray Jesus actually gave, um, gave love. He, he, he put it above all of our virtues, all of our Christian uh, standards, our morals. He put it first place. That shows the significance of love. See, we just got to get to a place in our lives where we can choose to be intentional about putting love first. Because there's not another, not, nobody in here can think of somebody. 
or can sit there and say there's not somebody. That person just gets on my nerves. I just hate them. But you've got to choose to put love on. See, we can't allow those emotions to create a wall and keep division. Because remember, anything that divides comes straight from the pit of hell. Amen? But you see, the great thing is, is when you get to that place where, where you choose love, you put love first, and this is so important, guys. You, you put love first. And then what you do is you take this, what, verse 37 through 40, what he's given, these commandments you get here. Think of it as a filter. And you, when you get in that place and you, and you should res, where you're responding off of this filter, in other words, where you need to be in a place in your life where you take every response, every choice, every decision, every action, and then you run it through that filter right there. In other words, it says, does this response, does it benefit and does it show the glory to the my love to God? Or does this, does, this, does this decision or this action, does it show love to God? Does it show that I love my neighbor as I've been commanded in God's Word? See, you've you got to run it through that filter. Run everything. Responding from the Word of God is so, so important. Look with me at, at Romans 13. Talking about love, talking about love. God is good, man. I, oof. 13, Romans 13, verse 10. Verse 10. Verse 9 says, love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 10 goes on to say, love does no wrong to others, so love fulfills the requirements of God's law. Listen, love, that's pretty significant right there. Love itself fulfills God's law. That means that if you're walking in love, even though naturally you don't want to love this person or you don't want to, you're having to choose love in this situation, that means that if you're walking in love, that if you're loving your neighbor, you're not trying to steal from your neighbor. If you're loving your neighbor, you're not going to have an adulterous affair with his wife. Come on. If you're loving your co-worker, that means that you're not going to be taking his lunch out of the refrigerator in the break room at work. Come on. You're not going to be trying to hurt him, harm him, cause him problems, right? Or better yet, let's take it another step further. If you're loving your enemy, as Scripture tells us, come on, this is the hard one to swallow. Think about it. But if you're loving your enemy, you're not going to be smearing his name through the mud. You're not going to be doing whatever you can to destruct him. Come on, you're going to be lifting him up and praying for him, praying for change in his heart. Listen, this is something that we've got to get a hold of in this nation because so we're so divided, especially over political issues. And it's all more about harm and creating problems and destruction instead of creating, creating unity and change and peace and love. We can all choose to disagree. None of us are going to see the same throughout this life. There is always going to be a point where you will have to choose to disagree in love. But you've got to put love first. You've got to put love first. Glory to God. Glory to God. Listen, we need more people choosing to put love first. I mean, think about if everybody did that, what a difference it would make. Because love is the way to victory in your life. Look with me at John, back in John, verse 13. No, wait, chapter 13, John 13. John 13, verses 34 and 35. All right, this is Jesus talking here. Jesus says, So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. 
Verse 35, your love for one another will prove to the world you are my disciples. Ooh, that's important, guys. <laughs> How is the world going to know that we are God's children? Because of love. See some, see, some of us need to look at our hearts. Some of us need to make the adjustments that I talk about making, that, that we all should be making. Some people need to make them daily. You know, I do them quite regularly. I ask God to show me what needs to be adjusted, and I make the adjustments. And some of us need to make adjustments. And we need to understand that we need to be showing love. Because, listen, if we're not showing love, no matter what you're doing, listen, people are not going to know that you're a disciple. And ultimately, if you're not showing love, you've got to question, am I really a disciple? Am, do I really have that relationship, right? Because if you really got a relationship with God, then you're going to be following after His character. And we'll get to that in just a second. Glory to God. So listen, remember, now we're talking about love. And I'm not talking about the fuzzy feeling. The fuzzy feeling. I love the fuzzy feeling. I love coming home from work and seeing beautiful Michelle in the house. I hadn't seen her all day. And I love that. And I have to come in and, and talk and chat. And unless I get that look like she's had a bad day and I know to go on to the office, you know, I'm like, we'll catch up later, you know, but that's okay. <laughs> but listen, we're not talking about that. That's natural love. I mean, you know, natural love can turn to hate. Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> it can. Think about it now. If you've ever been in a relationship, oh, I love her. She's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Oh my goodness, we've been dating for a year. I think she's the one. Then you find out she's a serial killer on the side, and then you're like, oh my gosh. I mean, you know, you just turn to hate really quick. Right? You got out of there, okay? You realize, oh, I knew there was some reason she was sneaking out at 2 o'clock in the morning. But listen, I'm making a point. <laughs> Natural love will turn. But you see, God's love, it will never change. It, it will never fail, right? It will never fail. Now, the clear definition of love is in 1 Corinthians 1 Corinthians 13. Now, we've all, most everybody knows this chapter. This is the love chapter. And I really encourage, we're going to read verses 4 through 8. I really encourage everybody to, to meditate on this, this chapter quite a bit. You know, when I first got saved, I had to because I grew up a hard life. I, I mean, I can't tell you how many fights. Man, back in my day, you fought it out. You know, you didn't shoot each other. There was a few bad situations, but it was more about fighting it out and this that and I can't tell you how many times I was in fights, how many times I got my behind kicked and this, that and the other, but it was just a hard time. So what that did is that made me hard. It made me hard to people. And it made me uh it, it, it had a wall built up in me. So I had to get over that wall. And how I got over that wall was this chapter right here. I, and and I understand it was a choice. See, nothing was going to change. You could pray all you wanted to pray. God wasn't going to change anything until I made a choice that I was going to change something in my life, right? And when I finally made a choice that I'm going to change the direction, I'm going to change the way that I'm going. I'm going to change the way I see people. That's when things turned around. That's when things made a difference. And it started with this chapter. I would read it. Not every day, but I'd read the whole chapter. I would feed on it as much as possible because I'd need it because it took a while to break that wall down and to actually see people as people and to have a heart for people and to understand that 
how much I really love people and don't want to see people hurt, right? I had to get that wall out of there. So I encourage you, if you're in that state, read this, feed this, meditate on this scripture. But I'm going to read it out of the Amplified because the Amplified version, it really lays this out. It, 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 it really does it justice. So we're going to start in verse 4. It says, Love endures with patience and serenity. Love is kind and thoughtful and is not jealous or envious. Love does not brag and is not proud or arrogant. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not provoked, nor overly sensitive or easily angered. Guys, think about the society we live in. Everyone gets angry. Everyone, you offended me. You don't have a right to offend me. How dare you? Come on. Walk in love. It does not take into account a wrong endured. It does not rejoice in injustice, and, but rejoices in the truth when right and truth prevail. Verse 7, love bears all things regardless of what comes. That means when you have the God kind of love in you and you're walking in that, that means that no matter what comes against you, you can stand. You can stand. Love believes all things, looking for the best in each one. Hopes all things, remaining steadfast during difficult times, endures all things without weakening. Glory to God. Love never fails. It never fades nor ends. And this is so interesting, verse 8. Paul says, but as for prophecies, they will pass away. As for speaking in tongues, they'll pass away. They will cease. As for the gift of special knowledge, it will pass. He says, these, these spiritual gifts are going to pass away. Now, these spiritual gifts are great things to have in this earth while we walk around here, right? They are, but he says they're going to pass away. Listen, people need to meditate on this scripture. And then they need to, they need to walk in the light of the truth of this word. This, this is the difference where people got to do. You know, you think about when someone gets saved, for the, the, just came to Christ, we don't see an instant change in that person. Sometimes it takes a while. Why is that? You know, the, the, their spirit's been made new on the inside. See, that person has a choice. That person has to choose to make a change in their life. They have to choose to walk in the light of the change that took place on the inside of them. It's up to them, right? It's not up to mama. It's not up to their wife. It's up to them. See, that's why I talk about all the time about your responsibility for your Christian walk. It's so much more than most people understand. Glory to God. Think about, think about how different lives would be if they just walk in the light of, what, of the change that happens in them. And it's interesting what Paul was saying there, that these spiritual gifts, God is love is greater than these spiritual gifts. What is he saying? Those spiritual gifts are going to go away. They're going to disappear. They're great and mighty things to have as we walk this earth. Great and mighty things for us to lean on. And the church would, it's necessary for the church to have it. They're very significant. But God's love is greater than that because they're going to pass away. And the thing is, is God's love will never pass away. It will be with us until we get to heaven. You know, we're not going to need prophecies. We're not going to need special gifts of knowledge. We're not going to need speaking in tongues when we get to heaven. We're going to be with God. Glory to God. Fantastic. Oh, I love it. I love that. Listen, God's love will never disappear. It will be the same always and forever. 1 John 4.8. 1 John 4.8. Glory to God. 
1 John 4, 8. God is good. He is good. No matter what unfolds in this earth, God is good. We have to keep, keep our focus on that and never lose sight of that. All right. I'm going to start in verse 7. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Verse 8, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Guys, are you loving? I mean, really, are you loving? I mean, you don't have to answer that. Think, ask yourself that. When, I, when I'm walking through the store, I mean, how do I respond to people around me? Is it with a smile? Is it with the love of God? Is it with, because listen, you've you got to understand how important you are to all this. Because you, you, God, it says right there, God is love. Think about what God's plan was. All right? We're created in God's image, right? Think about his plan all the way back at the beginning. God's plan was always to create, create people. People who do what? Because we're created in his image, so he wanted to create people who reflect him, reflect his character. So what's his character? God is love. Love is his character. Guys, think about that. Think about, look at verse 16. I think it's seven, 16 or 17. 16. It says, we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in His love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. Glory to God. Think about that. Christians are God's advertisements to the world. You, guys, you don't think about how valuable you are to the kingdom of Christ, God. You're very, I, I always talk about how valuable, but you are so valuable. We are God's, we are his ambassadors representing the world. Think about it. What does an ambassador do? They're an advocate. They represent whatever they're, they're called to be an ambassador for. That's you. That's I. That's all of us. Glory to God. And listen, when we get to a place in our lives where we can love people as God loves us, come on, we may not realize it, People will notice. They will notice, guys. Glory to God, they'll notice. Let me call the band up and I'm going to close with this. Love. It's a great thing. It's a thing that I think in, the, in our society has gotten kind of pushed to the side because people don't understand the true meaning of it. And they don't understand that, 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 that they see it more as a feeling. But we're talking about the God kind of love. We're talking about the fact that that's the way to victory in your life. And listen, when you, when you fail at walking in love, that means that you don't really understand what it means to be a Christian. I mean, that's, that's just that simple. Now, remember I asked you earlier, could we really love people as God loved us? Could we really do it? And the answer to that is no. We can't in our own strength. We can't do it without Jesus. It's that simple. We can't. We cannot do it without Jesus. And you wonder why there's so much hate in this world? What does that tell us? What does that tell the church? So much hate, so much horrible, horrible things. That tells us the church that, hey, we got some work to do. There's a lot of people who don't really know Jesus. It's that simple. Even if they're playing games with him. But they don't really know him. And they don't know that God kind of love. Church, we got some work to do. 
Now that doesn't, I'm not saying that to condemn somebody or get on you, because I know that don't happen at Compass Church. I'm talking about the Big C Church. We have a great church family, right? But listen, you need to understand, you are called to be an ambassador. You are called to represent God, represent His interests. He's interested in people. If He's interested in people, you're going to have His interest. You should be interested in people. Showing the God of love. Come on, showing that character. Praise God. It's time for us to step up our game. There was a, there was a great book that was written called Strength to Love. Strength to Love. And it was written by Martin Luther King Jr. And the whole purpose of the book was to take that scripture that I gave you, Matthew 22, and to, and to take those two commandments. And for us as a society to really understand what those two commandments were. And not only to just understand it, but to come together as a society and figure out how to live in love in this society. Great book. A lot of ministers reference that book. But it's interesting. They asked him, why did you name it Strength to Love? And he said, I named it Strength to Love because choosing love in times of difficulty is the hardest thing you'll ever do. It's the hardest thing. He said, you can build a nuclear bomb easier than you can choose love in some situations. Glory to God. That's powerful. Strength to love. Choosing love. Praise God. We're going to break it down. We're going to show you. We're going to get to the nitty gritty of this. And you're going to see that love is going to be your path to victory.